to be honest, I thought my life wasn't just about school and grades, but I think it might be. (laughs) That sounds like an Enneagram 3 thing. Unfortunately. (laughs) Hi everyone, and welcome back to To Be Honest. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm your host, Amy. And as the, to be honest, might suggest, um, we we might be in another existential crisis moment. So, okay, so, 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 predicted grades came out, and it shouldn't have been, like, that big of a deal, because, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, just grades, same old, same old. We've had this talk on the podcast before. But, however, uh, it's, it's really showing me how much I actually care about grades, despite me not wanting to admit it. It's mm-hmm. like when I took a nice, good, objective step back and like reevaluated my mentality towards everything. I, I, I still just wanted the grades, man. <laughs> it's like the balancing your life thing, the uh, finding a, and developing a passion for learning. Like that was true, but also I can't say that it wasn't done without the hidden agenda of getting better grades. I feel like. Those are always just kind of the honey coatings. Like in school, everyone always tells you the same thing like, oh, you should find balance and you should love learning and everything. But like, I feel like deep down, especially in super academic programs like Amy's, I feel like deep down, a lot of people are just like, let me get the grades and let me get this over with. And like, I don't blame them because I get that. I don't blame us either. Do you really quickly want to explain what predicted grades are for people who maybe aren't as familiar to the concept? Oh, yes, it'd probably be a good idea. So <laughs> I'm in grade 12 and mm-hmm. I am in IV. Um, and basically with IV students, you just take this super huge final exam in May, well, depending on um, what your school does, but for mm-hmm. us it's in May. Mm-hmm. And then that basically decides your entire grade for your course or whatever. Dun, but dun, dun. obviously we apply to universities right now like in january december or even earlier if you're applying early mm-hmm. um so then that's why teachers need to give us predicted grades and that's just saying what they think we're gonna do on the test in may and it's usually pretty accurate and it's just like it's good it follows the school system too so our predicted grades just come out as the same time as your report cards so when semester mm-hmm. one ends so yeah that's basically everything that's getting sent to universities. so that's why it's such a big deal because it feels like oh this is a little dramatic. It feels like like my entire life has been building up to this moment <laughs> just for me to get predicted grades and to get it into university. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, that that's why I am having a bit of a moment. Yeah, especially when grades are such a big thing to like universities that you're applying to and to mm-hmm. especially um, families who obviously just want the best for you. It feels like university, like getting into a good university is such a big thing because if you get into a good university, then you can get a good job. And if you get a good job, then you can get a good life. Yeah. And it feels like everything has been leading up to this moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm just going to tie back to, to what Grace was saying and the whole Asian family thing. It's just like, ever since we were young, or ever since I was young, this was kind of the end goal for our life. Like, since we were born, our mm-hmm. goal, since we, were, since we like developed a conscience or whatever, was to do well in high school, get good grades, get into good university. That was kind of the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of true. <laughs> I mean, like, I thought that I wasn't 
exactly that type of person but i am experienced like i can understand why people get senioritis now um <laughs> for those who don't know what senioritis is it's grade 12s who have already received their university admissions or de- they're done with all their university stuff um and then they just like stop coming to school or just stop trying hard <laughs> on assignments and like stop trying to maintain their super high grades anymore because like what's the point right because you've already been accepted and then unless you do absolutely terribly that you probably won't get your admission revoked mm-hmm. so it's like what's the point in trying in school anymore and teachers hate it but whatever <laughs> And the other thing is, I think just because um, I did not have the best time in high school, like, I I tried pretty hard in school and then I suffered. <laughs> um, so I always, like, held this idea that, oh, we're almost there, the end of semester one is near, then I'll fi- finally be able to take life easy and everything. And now that I'm here, I'm just like, oh, no, what do I do with my life? <laughs> I get that. It's almost, we kind of talked before about this feeling of kind of feeling listless and I feel mm-hmm. like I can relate to that a lot with um, I was in a program in grade 9 and 10 and it ended at the end of grade 10 so now I'm in 11 and 12 um, but mm-hmm. I'm no longer in the same program that I was in and I totally get how Amy is feeling because I literally felt the same way when my program ended it was like for two years actually for more than two years because before that program I was in another program and for <laughs> so many years I've just like this has been the moment and I've been hyping it up so much and I've been like, oh my gosh, at the end of the program, I can finally have so much spare time. I can pursue all these projects and all these passions that I've been putting off because I always tell myself, oh, I don't have enough time for this. And I always felt guilty for not doing schoolwork because, you know, there's always more schoolwork to do. So I always felt guilty Mm -hmm. for pursuing these passions and these projects that I really wanted to do. And I put so much expectation on when the program was over. I was like, I finally have time to do all this cool stuff and I'm going to do this and this and this. And then it came, like I graduated from my program, grade 11 came and it just, it was anticlimactic. It was like, it's all the same. I'm still not doing Mm -hmm. all those passion projects. And like, I don't even have an excuse anymore, but it's just like, I don't really know what to do with my life. I think you described it perfectly with those words. It's just like, like <laughs> I don't really have any excuse not to do it anymore. And I've been hyping up this moment for so long, but it's just not what I expected. Yeah, I think it's just weird because <laughs> it, it feels like you don't have this big central goal you're working towards anymore. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, in the past, like you've always just had that in front of you and then you've kind of like in in the sort of tunnel vision way just gone like okay I just need to get here I just need to graduate high school or whatever I haven't graduated high school yet far from (laughs) it I still have a lot of work to do so I think I'm just getting ahead of myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) but still it's like now that the whole university well most of the application process is over I don't know it's weird because I was looking at my past new year's resolutions lists and Literally, the first part I wrote for every single one, except for maybe like last year's, was academics. So it was always (laughs) geared towards getting better grades and doing better in high school. And Mm -hmm. even though that resulted in a really unhealthy relationship and I tried to distance myself from the mentality, like I can't deny that that's been a really big part of my life. And especially with just the way that grades and percentages are built, it's such an easy tool to use to kind of mark your progress. Just Mm because, you know, you can be like, oh, I want to get that B up to an A or whatever. And it's so easy to see, I guess, like the progress change in that. Whereas with more life oriented things, it's kind of like you can't see the progress as much. Like if your goal is, 
I don't know, to be more outgoing. It's kind of hard to gauge how far you've come or how you're doing in that goal. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. partially why it's so easy to set goals that are like, I want to get higher grades and stuff like that, because it's just so easy to see. Like at our school, and I'm sure at a lot of other schools also, we have to do something called core competencies. And basically, it's the school's way of (laughs) trying to add more um, reflection and like make it less academic and make it more personal growthy. <laughs> but anyways, mm-hmm. we have to set goals for ourselves. And one of the goals that we have to set for ourselves is academic goals. And I mean, like, I totally get it because I feel like a lot of people do set academic goals. But at the same time, I feel like I've also been trying to distance myself from that for so long. Like, I've been trying to pretend that it doesn't exist, that people don't set goals just to get a higher grade, you know? Like, I feel like, okay, as an idealist, I want to believe, like, I have this false fantasy in my mind that school is purely for learning and that people don't do it for the grades, even though... I have done it for the grades before and I know that other people do it for the grades and it's like not wrong to do it for the grades. But anyway, I try and tell myself and I try and pretend that people are in school for the sake of learning. And so when my like little bubble is shattered like that, it's just like reality, <laughs> you know, reality comes in and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's like a rude awakening almost. Yeah. Okay. It's like, um, Grace told me that earlier, and then that made me, that reminded me of, like, something else another friend of mine was saying, and she's really smart, and she gets really good grades, but she was just saying, like, bro, just do what you can, and then mm-hmm. don't put your 100% in it, because that's, like, not what you're supposed to do, and then mm-hmm. that seems kind of obvious, but it was kind of also a rude awakening for me, because I was like, oh, I thought that I had to put my 100% in school, like, mm-hmm. I thought that that was the peak of life, or the most important thing for me to do right now. And I was like, hmm, maybe maybe there are more important priorities than that. But I don't know. Because, yeah. like, even me trying to shift into the love for learning mindset, mm-hmm. like, that was because I thought that school was one of the most important things for me right now. So I would want to adopt a healthier mindset towards that. So I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just, like, shifting away my life from revolving around school or having it as the top priority in my life anymore I feel like a lot of what we talk about and what I hear, especially in the kind of self-improvement, very positive self-improvement space, is kind of the idea of you have to take care of yourself and your mental health and you shouldn't sacrifice your mental health to be more productive. I feel like that's a sentiment that I've heard reiterated a lot. And even with one of my teachers who I really look up to, this is my leadership teacher and also our science teacher in the program that I was in, but Mm -hmm. she taught me that perfection doesn't exist. Like, obviously, I knew that already, but, like, she showed me that there are different forms of productivity. So she's, like, a super organized person. She's always early to places. Um, She gets things done way before she has to finish them and she's just like super productive like you can send her an email and she'll respond within three minutes like (laughs) since during COVID we had to email our assignments to her she'd come back with our marks within like five minutes and it was crazy and like some of my classmates would email her in the middle of the night and somehow she'd still be able to respond super fast and I feel like she taught me that there are different types of productivity and that you don't really have to always always put your all into everything because you only have so much to give and like Mm -hmm. 
obviously I'm not saying that she doesn't put her heart and soul into everything she does because she's literally the person who makes sure that the program I was in exists like it (laughs) pretty much could not exist without her because she does so much for it but like the little things she doesn't stress over as much I guess like she doesn't strive necessarily for perfection she just strives to be the best she can do and to do things like get things done because obviously she has so many different commitments that she has to do and like she somehow manages to get it all done so like I feel like that's a different form of productivity almost where it's like Mm -hmm. you don't have to put your 100% into every single tiny detail like you can prioritize the things that matter and like make sure that those are done really well but like I feel like she just doesn't really stress over the super small things that she can't really control as much or like doesn't strive to make things that she can't make perfect like she just does her best and is okay with that yeah um I would agree with that too and then like when it comes to putting 100% in school my kind of dilemma was that like everything had to ultimately help me get better grades in the end Mm -hmm. so even if I didn't put 100% in school and I started investing like 30% in physical and mental health you know it's like I did that with a hidden agenda to get better grades in the end Mm -hmm. so it's just like yeah I think I'm just finally coming to terms with how hyper-focused I was on getting good grades even though it may have not come off that way but I feel like that was just always in the back of my mind and I don't think that's like super uncommon either especially Mm -hmm. for the students in my program but yeah it's weird because especially since I thought I was living this like news and balanced lifestyle but no that's really not the case (laughs) because yeah now without that like big end goal of me just getting the best grades I can and getting into university and I'm just like (laughs) but okay anyways um right before this episode I had dinner with my parents and then I brought this up with them and I have come to somewhat of a conclusion are are we ready (laughs) yes (laughs) we're ready for your epiphany it's basically just I think a good focus for me in the coming few months before I head off is to learn how to be more of an adult and like pick up little responsibilities that I may have let go of in the past so yeah being more of an adult being more independent um just learning to take care of myself and like finally really implementing that healthy lifestyle that I've really wanted to work on for so long Mm -hmm. of course I'm still gonna focus on school it depends on how hard the senioritis hits hopefully not that bad I doubt it's (laughs) gonna hit that bad um (laughs) I have faith in you I think so too like See, now I can really actually try on the developing a love for learning. But also, man, like, I feel like it's too much to ask for me to develop a true love for chemistry or for... Because, like, there's no way we like everything, right? Or okay. is it possible to well, like everything? Well, okay, I feel like, obviously, everyone has their own likes and dislikes. But I mm-hmm. feel like there's a certain point where you can latch on to a certain part that you do like. For example, okay, let's just say with chemistry. So mini story yeah. time. I think a lot of people have heard of this before. But back when I was in middle school, I had never really known anything about chemistry. But then our teacher shows us this Elements of the Periodic Table song. And one of my friends and I get really into it. And we like to memorize the whole song. And we sing it. And we learn about the people who helped find those elements. And we did this whole passion project on it. But like, really, I'm not that into chemistry. I just really enjoyed 
that one aspect of it and then I was able to stretch that over the rest of chemistry and like same with geology and same goes with history actually but anyway social studies has always I've I never labeled it as my least favorite subject but if I had to choose a least favorite it would probably be socials no offense Mm -hmm. Um, but with history one of the things that I found that I really liked was like writing notes on different historical figures or on different significant events and that's what I really liked about history and then like I took that and I kind of just like it's like a tiny little flame and then you have to nurture it almost so it's like obviously it's impossible to love every single subject but I feel like with every subject you can take a tiny part that you're at least kind of interested in and you can like nurture it into more of like loving the entire subject hmm okay but why do you do that like is it because you have the mentality like oh I need to do this anyways why not just make it fun or do you also go oh it might help me get better grades (laughs) um or do you go like um I think this is going to benefit me in the future anyways so might as well try to learn it properly I okay I actually see it from both ways so I feel like mostly it comes from a place where you know, my dad's always preaching about balance and he's always like, I don't want you to cram for a test. I want you to like, even if you only get, I don't know, 80% on this test, I want you to be able to really take in what you learned and like next year be able to get like 70% still or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's become part of the person who I strive to be. So then obviously if the person that I strive to be has a love for learning, then I want to try and cultivate that love for learning. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I totally get what you mean by like, I want to do this so that I can get better grades. That's never been entirely at the forefront of my mind. But I do have like I can relate to that because I have something similar way back Mm -hmm. when I was in grade eight. I was in a very, very productive mindset (laughs) to the point where it turned like a little bit toxic. And so I felt like I had to be productive all the time. And it's where my um, my whole if I'm not being productive, then it's a guilty pleasure thing kind of started. So like things that I like doing, like reading, drawing kind of became a guilty pleasure if it wasn't for school, because it's like, I could be being productive right now. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. anyways, I feel like during that time, I kind of didn't let myself do anything except for work and sleep without feeling guilty. And the reason why I let myself sleep or like nap was literally only with the ulterior motive of being more productive when I woke up because my parents would always be like you shouldn't sacrifice your sleep because if you sleep well then you'll be more productive and so the only reason I let myself take naps was (laughs) for being more productive when I woke up and like yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's not good but like it's what I did (laughs) no I I relate to that too though like that's kind of what I'm still stuck in Um, and then yeah the thing is like I was gonna bring this up earlier but I think part of the reason why I'm struggling with the idea of what do I do with my all my time now is that I still feel like I need to be doing something productive it still feels like grades and school is the most important thing it's like it's like a hierarchy of ranking yeah and then yeah and then it's like my own personal hobbies and the things that make me happy are never going to come before school. So it's just like reading. Reading is fun, but like what purpose does reading give you? <laughs> like, is it going to benefit you? Well, it is going to benefit you, but still, it's it's just like, I brought this up to Grace earlier too. And to, and to be honest, it's like I've had to come to terms with Enneagram type three, which is the achiever, because I can recognize that I have a pretty complicated relationships 
um, relationship when it comes to accomplishments mm-hmm. and achievements and grades and all that stuff. <laughs> so it's like I didn't want to accept that I was a type 3. I took the test twice now. I'm still a type 3. <laughs> and then I was like kind of trying not to get a type 3 too. Um, but still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's funny because after Amy took the test, I took it today. And we compared our results to our results from last time. And, like, our general shape was still the same. But, like, mm-hmm. it was it was really interesting seeing in which areas we grew. And Amy's number one was still a type three. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had to come to terms that, like, from my life experiences and the way I've been brought up, that I am probably a type three just like Mm -hmm. not a super healthy one it's like i don't know i i have this premonition that if i continue my life as a type three then i I will live life miserably but that that's just me having a pessimistic outlook on it like who knows i can be (laughs) the next taylor swift she's she's on there (laughs) yeah she's a type three and i was like i'm not surprised because she's such a smart businesswoman and she's so productive like how many albums has she released during quarantine yeah Uh, I don't think you should think of type three as a bad thing. And I also don't think that you should let the Enneagram um, take over your life. Because, like, I know you know this, but it's just a personality test. Yeah. I know a lot of people put a lot of stock into it. And, like, that's really cool that you do that. And I think it's really cool um, that they managed to make this personality test. And I feel like it definitely goes pretty in-depth into psychology. But mm-hmm. also, we just took a free test online, so it's yeah. probably not the best entrance into the Enneagram anyway, and yeah. I don't think that you should feel bad about yourself because of it. And like, anyways, I don't think that type three is a bad thing. I think you just have bad connotations with it, probably yeah. because it's something that you've been trying to escape from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, it's it's just like, I don't know, I feel like I need to learn how to be okay with not doing productive things but also Mm. just saying that feels wrong (laughs) yeah no same I feel like my I was telling Amy about this earlier but I feel like my um, relationship with productivity has evolved over the years whereas before I was okay with being productive but also okay with not being productive you know like yeah it, it was a very simple relationship it was like okay I have to get these things done before the due date and if I get them done I can do whatever I want and like um as long as I get them done before the due date I can do whatever I want and I never Mm -hmm. felt bad for doing what I wanted to do but like I don't know why like since when have the things we love turned into guilty pleasures it's so sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and I think it like all just stems from the feeling of like, are you doing enough with your life? Are you spending your mm-hmm. time meaningfully? Because, like, we have a limited amount of time on this earth. And obviously, you want to put it in the right places. And mm. it's just, like, I don't know. Um, spending time on those guilty pleasures just doesn't seem like the correct use of that time. But it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, it's this idea that somehow you'll find peace of mind once you do enough. Like, once you get to the end of this path of productivity and success and achievements like once you get there then it'll finally be enough and you can do what you want to do but then you realize that once you get there you still can't do what you wanted to do Mm -hmm. Mm, which is kind of a very sad sentiment yeah it is but we will grow out of it eventually Mm -hmm. i think like 
it can only get better from here, right? For me, at least, because I'm done with high school. Unless, yeah. yeah, but like university is also pretty tough study time. So mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, I, I feel, feel like, like I feel like in university there isn't the same hyperfixation on grades there is in high school, though. From like the impression I have right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I see that. But also, it seems it seems like so much easier to fail things in university. <laughs> <laughs> And also, I think I might just feel a little different because now you're studying something that you're allegedly interested in now. Mm-hmm. So it feels less like you're being forced to do work that you don't really want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, theoretically, I mean, theoretically, you could drop out of high school. But technically, um, university and post-secondary education is very much a Optional. Choice. Yeah. Yeah. And there's That's a lot true. more freedom that comes with it. That is true. But yeah, on a, okay, on a separate topic, like this is going to be a mini tangent, Mm -hmm. but recently, okay, I was writing my university applications, right? And then there is this whole issue where I think I'm becoming more apprehensive with being completely honest. Mm -hmm. And then that's because on university application stuff, like I remember there was one question about like, oh, tell us who you are and what's important to you. Um, And then I read about like something that was a lot more personal to me. And then um, my brother read it and my dad read it and they both said that it was like really well written pieces of work and then they didn't they didn't um not believe that like that was me on the paper like that was me on the words but then mm-hmm. they did they brought up a really good point saying that i don't know if this highlights your best qualities though because obviously you don't want to go too over the top with university applications like you don't want to mm-hmm. just seem like you're being completely ingenuine and just bragging about yourself the entire time but i do think that they're right in that i don't have to put out too much information for them to like have reason to reject me because mm-hmm. i did talk like a tiny tiny bit about mental health and then i talk about like my experience on getting over that and like growing from it and everything but mm-hmm. it is a little stupid because if they look at it and go like oh i don't know if she's going to be able to handle like the workload in university now they have like information they wouldn't have had if i didn't write about that and then mm-hmm. that would give them like incentive to reject me and then like holistically being completely genuine on the applications like you have to remember it's a persuasive essay at the end of the day so it's not yeah it's not smart to do that and then that's like making me also okay hopefully they're not listening to this but I had some teachers (laughs) who found out about the podcast too and it just like the idea of them listening to it I don't really have an issue with it but I'm worried that it's kind of going to break down any type of like facade I may have put up in the past or like mm-hmm. put down like a reputation that I might have made for myself because I have had people come up to me before and go like wow Amy your life is so together and from my perspective <laughs> and like if you listen to the podcast my life is kind of not that together <laughs> but then some people might have not known that if I didn't put it out, out on the internet for everyone to hear <laughs> so now I'm just like oh no am I exposing myself and like making <laughs> things worse for myself now okay I feel like people will assume what they will about you like if you show them that you have a perfect life they'll just be like oh yeah you have a perfect life but I feel like it's super normal and super human to have mistakes and I think it's really admirable when you show those mistakes and how you grow from them but I also totally understand what you're saying about the university applications thing especially because they have to go through so many applications yeah and I know that English teachers especially are always like show don't tell but I wonder with university applications because they have to go through so many and because I think there's a limited amount of yeah words 
And yeah. if you show rather than telling, then they can make their own assumption about you. Whereas if you told, you know exactly what you're saying and exactly what they'll assume from what you're saying. So like I can see it from both ways. And obviously you want to show that you're very honest and that you're someone who's striving to learn from their mistakes and someone who's growing as a person. But I like I really don't know how to feel about the whole university applications thing. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> To be honest. To be honest. <laughs> uh-huh. I think, like, the being really genuine, that was one of the points I wanted to get across, that, like, I am a genuine person and I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to, like, put my failures out there and, and like, grow from them because then everyone makes some mistakes. Because, like, in reality, everyone probably goes through the same struggles I do. Like, they probably struggle the same amount as I do, but, like, they just put it out to their less. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so from like an outside view they're just gonna see oh this one person struggles with all of this stuff and then this person has no evidence of struggling at all so except the person who doesn't struggle mm-hmm. even though like they might struggle behind the essay i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah no i totally get that i feel like i may be an example of someone who a lot of people are probably like oh they probably don't struggle with a lot of things and like i'm just gonna speak for myself but like I have struggles too, and it's okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Amy's shown me that it's okay to put it out there and to tell people about it. But what if it's not okay to put it out there, Grace? I think it's it's fine. Like I think it's fine too. Yeah. And what what are they going to do about it? Like you're not perfect. Oh my god. You know, predicted grades are and you can't do anything anymore. It's okay. I'm pretty sure the the teacher who knows about the the podcast already knows about me kind of being a mess. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know if like I don't know if I would say that you're a mess. It's like I'm not okay. I'm I'm much less of a mess than I was in the past. I'm exactly. A, and if they okay, listen to this perfect, podcast, I'm, I'm, yeah. If they listen yeah. to this podcast, they will also see how eloquent you are, and how thoughtful you are, and how insightful you are, and how much you reflect on yourself, and you think about trying to improve yourself for the future and becoming the best version of yourself you can be. If they actually listen to this podcast, I don't think they would only take away the negative parts of it. Okay, that's true. But okay, I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here. And go like, okay, I do have this insecurity for when adults listen to my podcast, like when my dad listens to my podcast, or like mm-hmm. the idea of my teachers listening to my podcast is that they're gonna think that like I am immature or I am like not, I don't know, I'm not thinking on the level that I should be because I'm really just like putting out all of my thoughts here. I feel like the fact that um, your teacher or your dad listens to the podcast kind of shows that they're interested in what you have to say more than that they're judging you because if they thought that you were boring or if they thought that this was a train wreck that they just wanted to avoid I don't think they would keep listening you know like no one is forcing them at all it's like yeah it's like I have that feeling that of course I don't know okay for the podcast in general I was kind of worried about am I actually putting something valuable out in here Because I really don't know. I still don't know the answer to that. Like, that's why, for some reason, I wanted to switch into doing, like, more research-based episodes so Mm -hmm. I could, like, read some articles and provide some information to people who may not have known it before. But then when it comes to, like, just me having my own thoughts about stuff, like, 
I'm also just a random 17 year old teenager. I'm not saying that I don't have any value, but like, I'm just saying that everyone's probably had similar thoughts to what I have had. It's not like I ha- I, I operate on a higher intellectual level than everyone else. Far from it. So <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like, what, why am I doing this? Like while other people could definitely do it better, you know, it's like, it's, it's a bit of a ra- irrational. It's, I, I'd say it a, it's a quite rational worry and then I know that there's the whole thing that like, oh, just because everyone does it, it could do it doesn't mean that they would do it. And then you have your own inherent value. And then I like your opinions, Amy. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like those are thoughts in the back of my mind. And then when teachers and adults listen to it, I'm just like, hum, are they judging me right now? Because <laughs> they were no, also 17 year olds once and then like probably thinking the thing, same things I am. And now like as old people they're they're listening to it and they're like oh i had those thoughts when i was a wee child (laughs) so i don't know yeah no i get what you mean i feel like the one thought that i always come back to is like if not for anyone else then at least we can do this for ourselves and we can listen to it when we're older we can be like oh my gosh just like how the other day we listened to our intro and we were like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and also um, as someone who heavily relies on the people around me for like encouragement, mm-hmm. <laughs> some of my really like super sweet friends and classmates have come up to me and they've been like, I really like this thing that you're doing and I think it's so cool. And it literally always makes my day. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's just so great that like to hear from people and have them actually be like, oh, it's so cool that you're doing this. It's like just validation for me <laughs> that we're doing something worthwhile, you know? Yeah, that's true. Oh my God. What if university people listen to this episode? Because I write about the podcast in university and then they're like, oh, she's not confident in this activity at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay, actually, actually, let's not worry about that. Um, but yes, okay, that's true. Like, yeah, okay, I definitely do not want to downplay all the sweet comments that I always get from all of my friends and just like random people who come up to me in school sometimes and they're like, oh, I listened to your last podcast episode. I really enjoyed it. It's like that also makes me so happy. So I should think about that. Yeah, no, their irrational thoughts though are literally just so irrational. And like, when you feel like someone's judging you, and, like, literally, there's no reason for you to think that, but you're still scared that they're judging you. It's just, like, mm-hmm. it's especially when I'm feeling insecure about myself and I'm, like, yeah. taking extra external validation and, like, I'm just, like, on the lookout. And when you want to see something, you're probably going to find it, even if it's not actually there. Like, if you're always thinking and you're searching for people's disapproval of your podcast, you're probably no. going to find it. Like, you're probably going to scrutinize the details and be like, oh my gosh, they said this. Does that actually mean they dislike my podcast? And you're probably going to, like, overthink it and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's fine. <laughs> We're doing yeah, great. We just get on with life okay another i'm bringing this conversation back when i was in the chasm of like not knowing what to do with my life bro (laughs) um one thing that i did feel good about was just growing a big peepee like going after the things i want you know and then just like being more confident in myself in general because that's something that's that's a theme that's run um that's something that's been very prevalent in my journey and something that like I've improved on a lot but and also like something that I can still see I need a lot of 
uh, I need to put a lot of work into. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a good goal to have. So I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah, especially for someone like you, Amy, who has all these amazing ideas. Like, you come up with so many cool creative ideas. And I feel like especially for someone like you, it'd be really, really cool to see you, like, pursue more of those ideas and bring them into fruition. Because I feel like that would mm-hmm. be really amazing. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome. And also the thing that you said earlier about learning to be more of an adult, I I feel like that's very important in life. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. since I was young, my parents have... So, okay, when I was really young, um, you know how sometimes you'd play with toys and then it'd be cleanup time and you'd sing the cleanup song and you'd put all your toys away? (laughs) Well, um, when I was younger and I would, like, be doing all the cleanup stuff... My parents, who, like, didn't know much better at the time, they were always just like, okay, let's go, I'll do this for you. So they would just clean up after me. And so I feel like I didn't actually do a lot of grown-up adult life stuff, like cleaning up um, Mm -hmm. after myself. Or, like, when I was younger, I always wanted to wash the dishes because this is another example. (laughs) Yeah, this is another example of, like, one thing that you like about something. Like, washing the dishes, most people are probably like, that's not fun. But I like the bubbles. And And so I always wanted to wash the dishes. But my parents, like, they thought it was a boring task. So they just um, say, no, we'll do it for you. And I feel like because of that, I don't actually know how to do a lot of adult things like I just learned the other day um how to recycle cardboard boxes which sounds so dumb but I've actually never done it before and like my dad was showing me how you have to like take apart the boxes in a certain way and really really flatten them and stuff them into the recycling bag that we have mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I like that made me realize how many little things I don't know how to do just because I've been so lucky to have my parents and like they've been so kind to do a bunch of stuff for me and like it just really opened my eyes to how much there still is to learn mm-hmm. yeah and I think I think that's, like, a common pitfall for a lot of parents these days mm-hmm. is that – or at least, like, on my Instagram for some reason, I'm getting parenting stuff. Maybe <laughs> because I'm pregnant. No. <laughs> no. But, like, I, I see this stuff of this stuff about parents who have to, like, let themselves uh, watch their children do slightly dangerous things and not, like, intervene mm-hmm. at every moment because, like, also letting them – letting them try things on their own and letting them like fail and letting them pick themselves up that's a part of like giving them confidence and giving them the tools they need to grow in the future instead of just like sheltering them their entire life because i've also lived a very privileged life um and i have parents who take care of a lot of things for me but yeah i do recognize that i don't take enough responsibility in this house especially (laughs) at the past year like they've given me a lot of grace since i'm just like i need to get good grades but like i've let go of a lot of responsibilities around the house and and now like my mom's brought this up brought this up as well as at the dinner table today and she's like okay i need you to start doing this by yourself again because i'm not doing it for you anymore and i'm just like you know what fair enough i i I probably should do that by myself (laughs) so it's things like help yeah just like helping out with the laundry stuff in in that area of life i have like significantly deproved because last year or like last last year i helped out a lot more around the house and then i took care of myself a lot more like i cared for myself a lot and then i didn't have to like ask my mom to do so many things for me but then this year I really just like let go and become what is it I've been living in a hotel (laughs) that's what they always say 
this is not a hotel this is your home you think you are a hotel guest here (laughs) and then it's just like i think it's a good goal too since i am probably not going to live at home anymore for the next in the next in the coming year so i'm not sure if i want to devote myself to studying again no and then i think it's a good overall goal to have because like it encompasses a lot of things not Hmm. yeah. yeah no i definitely agree thanks and while we're working on some of our goals for the next semester or the next year, <laughs> we would also love to hear more about your goals and also what you thought of this episode. As always, you can reach us over on Instagram. Our handle is at to be honest pod. Yep. And thank you so much for your support. If you are a friend who comes up to me in the hallways and tells me about listening to the podcast, then I appreciate you so much. Thank you for <laughs> validating me. Yeah, and thank this you so much for all of your support. Because I feel like it's been such an encouragement, especially doing something that we totally didn't know how to do. Like when we started, I had no idea how to edit audio at all. <laughs> and we were just like stumbling <laughs> along with the voice recording apps on our phones. Yeah. Now we so, have two microphones each. I know. <laughs> so thank you so much for supporting us. And thank you so much for all your kind comments. We appreciate them so, so much. Yep. And without further ado, we'll see, see you next week. week.